Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op, offering fuel, food, and drinks on Highway 13. Arcola Co-op, you're at home here. Today we have a two-part interview with Environment Canada Senior Climatologist David Phillips. Weather has dominated the news much of this summer, and so we have a lengthy interview with David. He discusses last night heavy rain at the very start, and also the hailstorm in Regina, and provides an overview of the summer drought and August rain. In part two, he highlights the outlook for fall harvest weather. Real agriculture has more canola school. We have an update on the applications for drought aid. Today is the first day to apply for the $200 per head support. The Grains Council reduces its outlook for world wheat production, and we have a report on the latest Saskatchewan feeder and market cattle prices. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. There was some wild weather in parts of southern Saskatchewan last night. Regina was hit by heavy rain and hail, with stones ranging from pea to golf ball in size. Environment Canada senior climatologist David Phillips says the storm dumped various amounts of rain and hail. Well, it was one of these. It was well forecasted, but it had a lot of energy associated with it and very slow moving. And I always think, you know, slow moving storms, you know, I always think the best thing about storms, they can hit and run. But once it slow down, it can either give you too much rain. It can bring you the hail, the strong winds, lightning. I mean, this one had everything because of the uh, of the temperatures we saw in places. The temperatures were, were almost close to 30 degrees yesterday. So a lot of heat and, and humidity. And it was one of these really prairie events. A lot of fuel, a little bit of lift in that storm, and a lot of instability in the air. And you ended up with quite variable amounts of precipitation. I know at the airport in Regina, they had about 15 millimeters of rain. But I know in other parts of the city, my gosh, it was raining in your front yard, but not your backyard. And you could have great differences. And even the hail sizes from, from you know, pea size to, to golf ball size. So I, I think there's a lot of people who are, gee, they 
they didn't suffer much, and others are thinking, oh my gosh, what did they do to deserve it? Out Mushjaw Way, they had a good amount of rain. I mean, temperatures almost 30 degrees, and they had 55 millimeters of rain. But in several places in the province, I mean, it was clearly in the more in the south. I mean, Saskatoon got about six millimeters. Uh, Yorkton didn't get any. Uh, Swift Current, nothing. Kindersley, nothing. Rosetown, nothing. Um, and Estevan, nothing. I mean, so it was quite variable, and uh, but it seemed to be focused more in the Moose Jaw, Regina area uh, in terms of the amount of uh, precipitation. Hey, uh, some people think a little too, 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 not not enough and too late. August has been really a, a, a very um, well, wet month uh, in, uh, in in parts of, at least in the southern parts of the province. I know up Saskatoon Way, it's been just a little bit below normal, but in Regina, for example, uh, you typically would get about 45 millimeters of rain in the month of August, and well, it's been over over 100 to 105 millimeters, so um, uh, certainly more than double. And and what's sort of interesting, Jim, I think when you look back at the, what, what kind of a year it was for growers, ranchers, farmers, it was tough. There were a lot of challenges, and uh, and that when you look back from history, people will look back and say, oh, gee, what was the precipitation? Let me just give an example for Regina. The precipitation in Regina in June, July, and August was was actually above normal. Can you believe it? I mean, about 16% more wet than it normally would be. But the problem, Jim, is that it, it sometimes it came in a heavy gully wash, and it came early and, it, and late in the growing season. There was this period there of, of 60 days from about June the 12th to August the 9th, where you couldn't buy any rain or any moisture. I mean, it was like about a thimble full of rain, less than a quarter of what you normally would get. At the same time, you had in that period of 60 days, 23 days where the temperature was above 30. And in some cases, up to 40 degrees, for example, in Saskatoon on July the 2nd. So it was too hot, too dry for too long. And then when the rains did come, they were okay, but and they helped certain crops, maybe not grain crops, but maybe late coming crops like uh, sunflowers and potatoes and, and, and and the pasture actually greened up. I think I think people with uh, cattle felt well. Okay, at least I wasn't using throughout the whole month of August uh, hay that was earmarked for the for the winter time. So I, I think it was kind of a disappointing, a clearly a crucial. I mean, and, and some people did all right. Others, it was maybe the worst worst growing season on record. So it just what it was. I mean, the precipitation wasn't reliable enough. Sometimes you didn't have enough. And there was a period, Jim, where there were no tornadoes in um, an indication of severe weather on the prairies from, I think, almost the beginning of uh, June the 12th to to last uh, a week ago Monday, uh, where there were a couple of tornadoes in Saskatchewan. I mean, I think farmers were, were almost wishing for some severe weather. I mean, because at least in severe weather, you get some precipitation. You may get the hail, you might get the wild winds, but clearly... There just seemed to be times where there was no weather, and other times there was too much weather, and that doesn't always spell for uh, for good farming weather. Environment Canada senior climatologist David Phillips. Coming up, he outlines the weather outlook for the fall harvest in southern Saskatchewan. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. 
This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch Eaves Troughs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesTroughs.ca And Farmtronics in Regina, your farm electronics specialists. From moisture testers to security cameras, keeping your farm running productively and efficiently since 1977. 380 Henderson Drive. Environment Canada is forecasting a warmer-than-normal fall in southern Saskatchewan. Senior climatologist David Phillips says the temperature will be milder than usual, but wetter than normal this fall. Well, you know, I don't know really what is good news for for growers. I don't know whether I would wish and pray and hope for for rain to, to start filling the dugouts and sloughs and potholes, get the moisture in there for next growing season. That's often what we, we want in uh, uh, when the harvest is over in September, October. You know, we fill the moisture bank so that at least you have a fighting chance for next year. You don't want that back-to-back-to-back kind of drought weather, uh, which can be really, really crippling. So to have moisture at uh, this time of the year is good, except, I mean, you don't want your combines mired in muck out there in the fields. So I don't know what is, is good news or not. So the rain that has come in August, I mean, that has maybe slowed down the harvest in some areas. It's looking like for the next week ahead, this is going to be great harvest weather. I mean, today there's a risk of thunderstorms, but for the next seven days after that, some nice temperatures, Canadian kind of temperatures around 22, 21, 23. No, no weather in the sense that no storms or monsoonal rains to, to mire you and, and stall you. So I think it'll be full speed ahead, lots of sunshine. And, and you know, we, we could certainly see single digit temperatures, but no, I'm not using the F word, the frost word, uh, in what I'm seeing in the next little while. For the month of September, October, we're showing actually it to be a little warmer than normal. Now, not 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 July warmth, not the dog days of summer, but more of the September kind of warmth. You know, you don't really get through September without seeing the frost, maybe a killing frost. The average date is around the middle of the month, so that shouldn't shock you. I mean, we've even seen snow in uh, in in September, and certainly in October. I'm not suggesting that. There's nothing on the forecast to suggest that, but it's just that it is in the in the climate. Uh, it is in your your area of the world, you, you could, September can bring you everything. I've seen uh, September's that have been warmest month of the entire summer were in September. Uh, so days above 30, I mean, they become rare now because the days are getting shorter, but that's still a possibility. And uh, But my sense is that uh, September will be that kind of month where there's something for, uh, for everybody. Now, our long-term models that September, October, going into November suggest a little milder than normal, so that's good news. And from a precipitation point of view, Jim, we rarely do we talk about precipitation over a month or 90 days. It's just not easy to forecast that. But our models seem to be very convinced that it's going to be a wetter than normal fall. So again, I mean, I, I don't want it to interrupt or stall the harvest, but boy, uh, it might be uh, music to farmers' ears when they when they get some of that moisture back and, and filling the, uh, the soil moisture and, and getting ready and people thinking about next growing season. So, hey, that's what our, our models are suggesting for the, the coming harvest uh, period. David Phillips is Senior Climatologist with Environment Canada. 
Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Hey, Kara Oosterhouse here with realagriculture.com. We are back here today with another Canola School episode, and I have here with me Keith Gobbert with the Canola Council of Canada. How's it going today? Going really well, Kara. We're here today talking about liming in your canola crop, specifically when it comes to clubber and what sort of impacts you could you could potentially have there. Do you want to elaborate? Sure. So. One of the things that we've uh, we've talked about with clubbert is the importance of using clubbert resistant genetics, lengthening irritation to one in three. Most growers are familiar with our, our logic for those reasons, and we they understand that 90% of those clubbert spores can die with a two-year break, so a one in three rotation. That's really critical if you have a shorter rotation than that, and you're looking at improving your ability to manage clubbert. But the challenge is that. 90% of those spores die, and if you do have a serious clubroot patch, and you do, we don't have clubroot behind us, but we do have a patch of lime applied to the surface of the soil, 90% of those spores may die in a, in a one in three rotation, but 10% of the spores in a, in a significant clubroot infestation is still way too many clubroot spores. We're talking from moving from billions of spores per gram of soil down to a million spores per gram of soil. That's still a significant infestation, and it puts a lot of pressure on your clubroot resistant genetics. So one of the additional tools that we'd like growers to consider is some patch management. So patch management can be as simple as just not disturbing that soil and leaving it be. Perhaps not as wise as seeding that area to grass so that it's, it's, it stays in place and, and doesn't turn into a weedy mess. But one of the other steps is actually adding lime to that soil and incorporating it well into the, into the topsoil. We have some really good research uh, that indicates if we can bring the pH up to about 7.2, particularly for areas that are below that, obviously. If we can bring the soil pH up to about 7.2, that the calcium present with that treatment and the pH adjustment really make it an inhospitable climate or inhospitable growing area for the clubroot galls. So we've seen good evidence that we can, we can inhibit clubroot gall formation with that increase in pH. Now that's almost a full point higher than you would increase the pH for agronomic reasons. You know, if you've got acid soil, you might target 6.5 to improve your soil tilth, improve phosphorus availability, get some yield benefits out of increasing your soil pH and moving out of that acid soil zone. But if you move a full point higher, we can actually inhibit club root. So this is one of the other tools, and obviously you're gonna use all those tools in combination, but this is one of those other tools that if you have a real hot spot or if you wanna treat an area by the gate and make it less hospitable for club root, this is a pretty good tool. Of course, liming is nothing new. However, when we're looking at the side of clubroot, that is kind of a new idea. If, if a producer has never done this before, what's your number one tip? So my, my number one tip is, thankfully, it's a small area. Uh, so uh, liming's not that familiar in Western Canada. It's a common practice anywhere where people farm. If you farm long enough, your soil pH will drop slowly over time. If you really intensively farm, your soil pH drops a little quicker. So you are going to need to lime to combat soil acidity. If you started with naturally acid soil in the first place, then that problem just gets worse. So the biggest tip is start small, learn, 
The nice patch about club root patch management is that if we ask for 10 tons per the acre, like this particular patch uh, has on it, uh, that's only a 20 kilogram bag. So in a, in a small area, it's really not a problem. But the transportation and the logistics when we start talking about a field uh, mean that uh, you have to sharpen your pencil and figure out where it's best and most appropriately placed. Now, where are we at with club root patches? I mean, obviously it can it can vary, but what, what sorts of areas for size-wise would people be considering liming in a field? You know, so I would say that we're going to restrict club root patch management with lime to small patches. Uh, because the pH that we're looking for at 7.2, it's a logarithmic scale, so uh, pH 5 is 10 times less than pH 6, but it's 100 times less than pH 7, so you need proportionally more and more product to push that pH up. So this is going to be a small area, uh, and small is, is relative to each grower, but I would suggest that this is when you have distinct, discrete, small patches in the field, and you're relatively confident that that's isolated to that, you would use this as, a, as, a, as an additional management technique. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Mainly cloudy today with 30% chance of showers early this afternoon and risk of a thunderstorm clearing this afternoon. Wind west 20, the high 22, the low 6. Tomorrow sunny, wind west 30 gusting to 50, the high 22, the low 7. Friday sunny, the high 20, the low 8. Saturday sunny, the high 22, the low 7. Sunday sunny, the high 23, the low 8. Monday sunny, the high 25, the low 10. Tuesday sunny sky, the high 24 degrees. Normal high is 21, the normal low is 6. The sun rose at 6.13 this morning. It sets at 7.44 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Coronac. At 24 degrees, the cold spot elbow at 13. Esteban is 21, Saskatoon 16, Swift Current 15, Weyburn 19, Yorkton is 15. Regina partly cloudy and 20, that's 68 Fahrenheit, winds are from the west at 10. Humidity is 76%, the barometer rising 100.7. Partly cloudy, Moose Jaw 20, winds are from the west at 28. Once again, Regina partly cloudy and 20, that's 68 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Application forms for the Canada-Saskatchewan Drought Response Initiative are now available through SAS Crop Insurance. The program will provide an initial payment of $100 per breeding cow with as much as another $100 early next year. 
Saskatchewan is the only prairie province with a per-head payment, according to Arnold Balicki, chair of the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association. Other jurisdictions are kind of receipt-based. Ours is not. And I think the money, the funds will be flowing to producers a lot faster than other jurisdictions that require the receipts and things of that nature. Whether it's the rain or the feed assistance, Balicki says producers are in better spirits now than they were during the endless 30-plus degree temperatures in July and early August. Actually, I've had uh, marketing yard managers phone me and, and tell me the same thing. Producers are not so down at the mouth as they were even a couple of weeks ago. I mean, the rain is, is I don't know, it's uplifting. Uh, I know it, it didn't create any real growth in in our pastures but i mean they've greened up and just the fact they're turning green and we're getting all this moisture is making everybody feel better balicki says there is additional green feed available a lot of that is crop that was damaged by the hail there in july and you know we have guys with 11 quarters eight quarters whatever and they're they're wrapping it up and and it's moving and so our main concern and our hope is is that it's not going beyond the canadian border into the united states that it's stopping someplace in southern saskatchewan for producers that need the product Balicki also notes that some grain producers are selling straw that can be used in feed rations. He's hoping all of this will reduce the number of breeding cows that are sold this fall. You know, I was one who was really thinking, and, and really that's based on a lot of the conversations I had with producers and, and marketing managers, that there would be 40% of our cow herd uh, going. I think that's toned down quite a little bit here in the last couple of weeks, and like I said, maybe it's the money, uh, the funding from the governments, maybe it's the rain. It really appears that producers have a, a far better outlook than they did a couple, two or three weeks ago. Arnold Balicki from Shellbrooke is the chair of the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association. The International Grains Council has cut the global wheat crop estimate by 6 million tons to 782 million tons. A market analyst on the Saskwheat website, Michael Wilton, says the decrease results from cuts to production in North America and Europe. The decrease came as cuts to production in Canada and the U.S. and Russia was greater than increases in Australia and Ukraine. Russia's wheat crop lost 6 million tons over the month due to hot and dry conditions. Drought conditions in North America caused ICG to curb their production expectations 4 million tons in Canada and 1.3 million tons in the U.S. Total global supply was put at 6,061 million tons. This is 11.5 million tons more than last year. Ending stocks were 278 million tons, 1 million tons less than last year. The ICG report points to a further tightening of the global wheat balance sheet. While overall supply is still larger than last year, the supply in exporting countries, or the exportable supplies, is very tight. There were several wheat tenders last week, but we're still waiting on reported prices. Pakistan tendered for 400,000 tons of wheat. Jordan is looking for 120,000 tons of wheat. Taiwan issued an international tender for 49,000 tons of U.S. milling wheat for October-November delivery. The Philippines are looking for 168,000 tons of feed wheat for September-October delivery from the European Union, the Black Sea, or Australia. Tunisia issued an international tender for 100,000 tons of optional origin milling wheat for September-October delivery. Weekly U.S. 
Export sales were disappointing, with net sales of 116,000 tons, a marketing year low. Trade was expecting 200 to 600,000 tons worth of sales. Total U.S. sales and exports are 9.1 million tons, 23% lower than last year. Mike. Michael Wilton provides this week's market outlook on the Sask Wheat website. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market and Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices were moving up in the past week. Acting Provincial Cattle Specialist Natasha Wilkie says the largest price increase was in the 500 to 600 pound weight category. Well, we had some good news again, Jim. When we look at the feeder steer prices, they were higher across weight categories when compared to prices reported the previous week. So we have prices ranging from $267.50 per hundred weight for the 300 to 400 pound weight category to $181.33 per hundred weight for the 900 plus pound weight category. We saw the largest price increase for the steers in the 500 to 600 pound weight category. Those guys went up $7.75 to end the week averaging $229.50 per hundred weight. We look at the other side, the price decrease we saw, the largest one was in the 700 to 800 pound weight category, and those guys went down $1.45 to end the week averaging $199.50 per hundred weight. We had a similar thing for the feeder heifers, and so they were mostly higher across the four-week categories. And so prices there ranged from $209.50 per hundred weight for the 300 to 400-pound category to $174.67 per hundred weight for the 800-plus-pound weight category. The largest price increase we saw in the heifers was in the 500 to 600-pound weight, weight category, with those girls going up $4.39 per hundred weight to end the week averaging $190.33. The largest price decrease we saw was in the 300 to 400 pound weight category, and those girls went down $7.30 to end the week, averaging $209.50 per hundred weight. What were the factors pushing up the prices? Well, I would say volume was probably a big thing this past week. Numbers were down at the auction mart, and so that, along with some strong choice beef put out and fed animal prices, they all provided some support for those higher prices. What were the marketings? So Canfax reported a total of 6,944 head of cattle sold to Saskatchewan last week. And that's down from the previous week of 9,341. When we look back to 2020, it is quite a bit higher than the 2,444 head that were marketed during that time. And what happened with market-ready cattle prices? Well, we saw a good thing here, too. So the price for Alberta-fed steers was reported at $154.39 per hundred weight, and that went up $1.38 from the previous week. When we look at the cull-cow market, we saw the price of D2 slaughter cows go down just 48 cents, so that, that's an okay one for the, for the last little while. And so they ended the week averaging $76.44. The price of the D3 slaughter cows, they saw a little bit of a larger price decrease of $1.92 per hundred weight. And so they ended the week averaging $66.33 per hundred weight. Natasha Wilkie compiles the weekly cattle market summary for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. And Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit growmoreprofit.com. 
Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Viterra prices for Durham fell $1.10 at $808.54. Canola dropped $5 per ton at $871.72. Oats rose $6 per ton at $353.53. Number one red spring wheat gained $3.82 at $392.18. The rest were unchanged. Feed barley three fifty four sixty five. Flax eight ninety nine seventy six. Lentils one thousand eighty seven dollars and fifty cents. Oats three forty seven fifty three. Yellow peas four hundred eighty six dollars eighty two cents. Feed wheat two sixty one sixty five. On the Minneapolis exchange this morning, hard red spring wheat for December fell seven and a half cents at eight ninety six a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now, the latest Livestock Quotes. Assiniboia Livestock had a yearling and calf pre-sort on August 25th. Cows are holding steady from our last sale. 300 to 400 pound steers sold from 264 to 285. 400 to 450 pound steers sold for 254. 450 to 500 pound steers sold for 231. Heifers are about 50 cents back from the steers. We also had a regular sale on August 25th. Cows and bulls have held steady from our last sale. FRS sold from 80 to 83 cents. D1 and D2 cows sold from 73 to 80 cents. D3 cows sold from 52 to 72 cents. And slaughter bulls sold from 109 to 115. This is Jordan with Assiniboia Livestock Market Report. Have a great ranching day. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 6,400 hogs Tuesday, selling in a range of 227 to 242 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 5,600 head selling in a range of 228 to 242 per CKG. Ham's number one sows this week are selling in the range of 71 to 78 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash hog price today is mixed and forward contract prices opened higher this morning. On Tuesday, the Canadian dollar is down eight basis points with the daily exchange rate at 1.2617. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 79.28 cents US. Weekly slaughter for week ending August 28th came in 0.04% lower than the previous week. Pork production for the same marketing was also flat, coming in 0.2% lower than the previous week. Dress weights for week ending August 14th were identical to the previous reporting period at 207 pounds and may have bottomed out for the year. Slaughter weights and pork production typically all increase after the Labor Day, and the expectation is that the trend will be mirrored this year as well. While seasonal fundamentals have not yet shown up in the data, there is talk there is a lot of meat for sale this week from all species, which could be a factor for the recent cash pressure seen in hogs. Lean hog futures, meanwhile, continue to be range-bound, but are trading in the upper end of the range and are higher this morning. In other news, the USDA's attaché in Beijing reported that China's 2022 hog production is expected to decline by 5% and that pork production would decline by 14%. China has aggressively imported pork due to ASF, and it is estimated they will import close to 3 million metric tons more than the previous 2019 high watermark in 2022 for the third year in a row. And today's quotes for both the Brandon Moose Jaw plants, $224.20 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by the Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families. In Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. 
Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole is promising to commit to the Lake Diefenbaker Irrigation Project. The project is the largest infrastructure investment in Saskatchewan's history. O'Toole says the Liberal government has paid lip service to funding the project and has not committed funding. He says the Conservative government will get shovels in the ground to drive recovery for Saskatchewan. Once completed, the $4 billion Lake Diefenbaker project will support growth of high-value crops. The project is in the pre-planning stage, with Phase 1 to add 80,000 acres of irrigated land from Lake Diefenbaker to the village of Conquest on the west side. Phase 2 would add 260,000 acres of irrigation north to the Asquith and Rosetown area. Phase 3 would build a canal from Lake Diefenbaker to Buffalo Pound Lake. On the markets, the TSX is up 128 points at 20,711. The Dow has risen 9 points at 35,370. Oil is down 25 cents at 68.25 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is up six one hundredths of a cent at 79.32 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.